Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Some of you guys, if we speak long enough, you sound like the channel of news that you watch. You sound like the radio personalities that you listen to. You sound like what you're taking in, but you don't sound like you're taking in much of the word. As believers, we need to be thankful. The world's going crazy. You know what I'm thankful for? Jesus is still on the throne. Ha! Ha! People are dying of COVID. Ha! Praise God, I'm going to heaven when I die. Ha! At every corner, we should be thankful. Is it that bad? No. If you're in Christ, it's not that bad. Watch out. Pastor Bill is on fire today. If you watch the news or any other media outlet, then you are one of the people he's describing, for better or worse. If you consume enough of something, you start to repeat it maybe even believe it. Be careful and discerning in how you allow the things of this world to affect your heart and mind. There is a simple cure for this infection, however. Read your Bible daily. Start every day in the Word to help balance your diet of worldly news and His Word for your life. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Colossians chapter 3 as he continues his message, Old Man versus New Man. How many of you guys have sinned a sin? that you've sinned before. Every hand goes up. Every hand goes up, right? What if God would say, I forgave you for that last week, and now you did it again? You would be buried in that because some of y'all do the same thing over and over and over multiple times in the same day. You sick of it. You don't even want to say it. Forgive me, but you got to do it again. What if God was like, "That's (laughs) no, I'm going to run the tab on how many times you've done that. You've exceeded your limit on that particular sin. I won't forgive you. God doesn't do you like that. So we got to forgive like Christ forgave without limit, right? He forgave, he forgot, he put it away. God says, I want you to forgive in the same way that I have forgiven you. And again, this isn't just for the people that you're forgiven. I promise you, this is also for your benefit. Um, There's something of Christ being formed in you. When you forgive, you're being like Jesus, who is the greatest forgiver of all. Amen. And when you walk in unforgiveness, you are not being like Jesus. Because he's forgiving. And so we got to be careful about that. So here's the thing. If you're here and there's a situation, a person on your mind right now that you know you got to forgive, I want you to write them down. And I want you to commit that when you leave service today, that'll be high priority on your list. You would deal with that. Don't hear this message and walk away and say, oh, yeah, I got encouraged again. I should forgive. But, you know, I ain't doing that. Do it. Do it. Do it for the glory of God. Do it because God forgave you. Do it because Christ wants to form more of him in you, and this may be the thing that's hindering you from being all that he wants you to be, right? Do it so that you can become everything Christ died on the cross, rose from the grave that you would be. Don't hinder him with your unforgiveness. Let it go. Forgive them. Release them. And remember this, just like Jesus did for you. Don't forget your list of junk that God washed away. And whatever sin's been done against you, I promise you it doesn't amount to all that you've done against him over your lifetime. So let it go. Forgive them. Release them. All right. Moving on now. Verse 14. He says, but above all. So now we step it up above all, all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection above all these things. Something that should really characterize the new life is that we should be walking in love. Paul said in in first Corinthians regarding the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you speak with the tongues of men and angels, if you got problems, you got all these different gifts, but you have not love, what did he say? It's nothing. Now, the love's got to be the 
centerpiece of everything that we do as believers. Again, that's what Christ was. Christ didn't just love. He is love. And so God said, look, this should characterize you. He says, put on love. So again, if you listen to this and you say, I'm not generally a loving person. Maybe you grew up harsh. Maybe you're like, oh, my family weren't like that. My dad didn't hug. My mom never said I love you. None of that matters. You're in a new family now. You know that? You got a new dad now. Did you know that? You got a new situation now. You got the spirit of God that lives in you. You have the ability to be what you never had to somebody else. Maybe you've never experienced that, but you can be it. And somebody can experience it through you. And so God said, look, I want you to put on love. Put on love. Put, put that on. Become the kind of person. And it's the quickest way to learn love is just spend time with Jesus. Look at how we treated people in the Gospels. Look at what he speaks about to you. Look at how he does things. Look at how he speaks. Look at how he handles situations. Look at, look at everything that Jesus is. And God say, God, help me to be that. And the parts of me that are not like you, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for that. Help me. I want to be, I want to walk in love. And he says, put on love. We should be a loving people. People should come into, imagine if everybody here, everybody here born again, and we were just full of everything the Bible says we should be full of. And sinners came through these doors and they were met with people that were loving like Jesus loved. What kind of an impact do you think that would have? Blow people's minds. Because God loves different than people love. Y'all know that? God loves without being loved back. God loves people that don't love him. As you read through the gospel, I'm blown away at some of the people that he helped. Y'all know some of the healings were for people that weren't even, they didn't, they weren't coming to get saved first. It wasn't like they got saved. Jesus was like, well, now since you believe in me, I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to heal you. Some people just like, hey, heal me because you can do that. I heard, I heard you do the healing stuff. Them 10 lepers, when they saw Jesus walking, Lord, master, have mercy on us. He healed all 10. How many came back and glorified God? He knew that. He knew they were going to do that. Now, see, I'd be a messed up Jesus. I would have said, Lord Jesus, have mercy. I'm going to heal you because you're the only one that's going to come back and say thank you. Everybody else going with your leprosy. They would have just went on continuing like this, and I would have just healed the one guy. Jesus healed all 10, but only one guy came back to give glory to God, and he healed him anyway. That's amazing. To me, that's God saying build love like that, right? Just do good for those that don't even respect you afterwards. They're not even going to be grateful for it afterwards. They won't even come back and say thank you afterwards. Don't do it for that. Just do it for me. Just walk in love. I'm an example. Jesus is my example in that. Don't do anything looking for a response. Do it in response to what I've already received from the Lord. It's different that way. If you do stuff looking for a response from people, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be bitter. If you do good in response to what's already been done for you, you'll always be okay. I don't need a response. I don't need a thank you. I don't need a, I'm doing this. God, you bestowed it upon me. I'm, a, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord. And you'll just be freely loving on folks. May God help us to be like this. Put on love, he says. Now, he says, which is the bond of perfection. Verse 15, he says, and let us, sorry, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. So here he says, we're to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. And so the idea here of the peace ruling in our hearts is let God's peace be like an umpire in your heart. The peace of God. This is something that as believers, it should even help us in making decisions. Is there peace from the Lord on that decision. Let peace rule as an umpire. There may be decisions you're thinking about making and you're like, man, I just don't have, as I'm praying about this, I just don't have peace about it. Should you go forward anyway? No, 
right? Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then it says, and then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart, that's your emotions, and your mind, which is your intellect, in Christ Jesus. Guys, if you won't be anxious, but you'll pray, I'll protect you from emotional and from intellectual overthinking decisions. I'll guard you in both the places where people make bad decisions. Some people overthink everything. They be analyzing five, ten ways, rethinking it. Guys, I'll, I'll help you with that. Some of us are emotional, and we make emotional. Guys, I'll, I'll help you there if you'll pray about everything. I'll give you a peace that passes understanding. Here he says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let God's peace be as an umpire over the decisions that you're making in your heart. And so don't move without his peace. Pray. Say, God, I'm praying until I get peace. I don't have peace about moving forward in this, but I'm seeking you for it. If that's your will for my life, God, I pray you give me peace about this. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And then it says uh, the last part of, of verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body, reminding us that we're called to be part of Christ's body. We're one body. He says, and then this, and be thankful. This pops up throughout Paul's letters all over the place. Seems that being thankful is an attitude that should characterize the believer. We're living in a time right now where people are very complainive. Would you guys agree right now there's a lot to complain about? Everywhere you go, people are complaining. COVID-19, complaining. Mask, complaining. Ah, complaining. The presidency, complaining. People complain about everything everywhere. What does God tell believers to be? Be thankful. I shouldn't sound like the world, y'all. I mean, I should live in the same world that they're living in, but I shouldn't sound like everybody I'm listening to. I want to say this because some of y'all listen to so much of that, that that's what you sound like. Some of you guys, if we speak long enough, you sound like the channel of news that you watch. You sound like the radio personalities that you listen to. You sound like what you're taking in, but you don't sound like you're taking in much of the word. As believers, we need to be thankful. The world's going crazy. You know what I'm thankful for? Jesus is still on the throne. Ha! Ha! People are dying of COVID. Ha! Praise God, I'm going to heaven when I die. Ha! At every corner, we should be thankful. Is it that bad? No. If you're in Christ, it's not that bad. Whatever's happening right now is the world we live in. It's not that bad. We're going to heaven. I got a relationship with Jesus. I'm in connection with God. I got a divine connect. I can cry out to God 24-7. He hears, he listens, and he speaks. Everything I need, I have right now in Christ. I'm complete in him today. And so while the world is going crazy, while we don't know who's going to be the next president, what's going to happen, and what are the changes going to be, does any of that matter? I'm passing through this place, the Bible tells me. This world is not my home. I'm looking for a kingdom whose builder and maker is God. I'm passing through. I'm on a mission. I'm trying to be a witness on my way. That's it. So I'm not that upset about the stuff that's going on. It's happening. I live here. I just got off a plane. I had to get on. I had to wear a mask everywhere I went. I don't like breathing through the mask and everything else. But you know what? I'm thankful. And I got to remind myself. That's got to be what's coming out of my mouth. Because I'm living in a world where people that don't know Christ, they have a right to be complaining. They should be complaining. There ain't no upside to what they're dealing with. But you and me, be careful you don't sound like people that don't have hope. You got hope. Amen? At the very least, we know that when all this is over, this is the worst it's ever going to be for us. We have hope that it's going to be much better for us eventually. Uh, not in this life, but in the life to come. We have hope. We have something they don't have, so we need to be thankful. 
He said, Paul says it here, but he said it throughout many of his letters. He's reminding believers, y'all be thankful. You was going to hell and now you're going to heaven. Be thankful. You used to be disconnected from God, but you've been reconciled. Be thankful. You were in your sins. You were dead in trespasses and sins. Now you've been made alive in Christ Jesus. Be thankful. You had a death sentence hanging over you, but now you have the hope of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Be thankful. And sometimes we need to sit down and remind ourselves what we're thankful for. And when people come and they're like, did you hear this? I was watching the news. Did you see? You need to hear all that and just throw a thankful nugget at them. Give them a but God. Say something. Put God in the, in the conversation somewhere where we can just be thankful and share that. Amen, you guys? All right, moving on to verse 16, he says this. Now, this is where there should be an overflow that happens in the life of the believer. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. First, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of Christ, and this is the thing, right? So many things you could be listening to, but I got to challenge you guys that we want the word of Christ to dwell in us. That word dwell, it means to settle down and be at home. Some of y'all, the word of God hit you, and you're living so contrary to it, it just, it just bounced off of you. It's like, ah, oh, bang, you know. He said, let the word, let it settle down. Let it be at home. Let it dwell in you richly. And then it's going to have its expression through your life. So why do we encourage you guys to do the Bible reading every year? Is it because we're legalistic here at Calvary Chapel Inglewood? Is it because we're Pharisees? We want to know, did you do the Bible reading? No. How's the word of Christ going to dwell in you richly if you barely ever read it? It's not going to dwell in you, right? Some folks, hey, this is the truth. Some people open their Bibles up when they come here on Sunday, if they come, and they don't open it up again until they come back. Y'all ever seen them dashboard Bibles? They be all worn, and you be thinking, why does this person really be in their word? No, it's worn out because the sun beat. It's been sitting in the car all week. <laughs> inside is this brand new inside. Oh, outside is all torn up. Look, I've been in the desert, right? I know some people got dashboard Bibles, but they got them everywhere. I'm not beating you up, but... Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So we encourage you guys, do the reading every day. Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm and a Proverb. Let the Lord's word speak to your heart. You'd be amazed as you do it every day, as you just make it part of the, what you do with the rhythm of life. You're just giving God opportunity to speak. And there's so many opportunities to get in the word. We're here Wednesday night. Join us. Study the word with us. For all those in the worship team, Pastor Anthony is breaking it down. They got a whole Bible study for the worship team that I think there are people that serve in other places. They're coming to just get fed. The word is going forth there before they start practicing. We got our classes and things that we do. There's so many opportunities. Join us. Men's and women's study. Be there. Why not? Why not plug in? Why not? If you're a woman here, why not plug in with the women on Saturday morning and just get that another, another time for the word to go in? Men, why not join for those things? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then read on your own every day. Have your own relationship where you sit down with your Bible open and say, God, speak to me. But he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it settle down and be in your own hearts. In all wisdom, and that's wisdom, real wisdom is going to come from the word, where you know how to live and how to walk. And then it says, teaching and admonishing one another. So if the word of Christ is dwelling in you, you're going to be equipped to teach and admonish. Two different things. You know, in teaching, I'm, I'm sharing with others what I'm getting from the word. Here's the thing. If you're not in the word and people come up with situations and you want to help, you're going to probably say something, but it won't be born out of scripture. Y'all know that everybody got an opinion and a solution 
but so many people have something to say that's just not born out of God's truth. And so God said, look, if you're dwelling in the word richly and someone comes up and a situation arises, you might become the tool that you can, you can now teach and admonish. You can speak to your sister or your brother and say, hey, this is, let me encourage you in this. Let me give you those verses. Let me show you what God's word says in that situation. We want to be that for one another, right? I'm not the only teacher in the building. As believers, we should be doing it for one another. As you're in the word, as I'm in the word, as everybody's in the word, we come together in fellowship and someone says, hey, bro, I had a situation at work. Somebody got to be able to say, hey, you know what, man? Let me hit you with this verse. I I think this is what you should do in response. Teaching and admonishing one another, giving God's word out to each other, that we be built up as a community of believers. Teaching and admonishing one another. Teaching is different. Admonishing is exhorting people on what to do. And then it says in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I think just out of the overflow of the believer, there should be worship should be something we do. But it says that we're singing, we're sharing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The psalms we know come from the book of Psalms. Uh, written by the psalmists, you know, the different psalmists back then. Uh, hymns are, are, are generally, you know, refer to songs that are songs you sing to God. Songs, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. All these different categories, just spiritual songs, songs to the Lord, songs about the Lord, that we're sharing that with each other. Well, again, I can't share that if I'm not taking that in, right? And I was sharing, I was talking to my brother earlier, something I found with regard to like worship and spiritual song is there are songs and music that are really born out of spiritual experience. Some song songs are born straight out of scripture. I've sat in worship and sometimes in worship with people that have written songs and whatnot. As I'm singing the words to the song, my spirit is like, man, I know the verses that this came from. My, I'm thinking of the verses that are saying similar to what I'm singing. I'm like, this is born straight out of the word of God. And it's, it, it ministers. Powerful. Some songs, you sing them to the Lord. They're so true about the Lord. As you sing them, it's just reinforcing that truth in your own spirit. And then we, we sing these with each other. We sing them. We share them with each other. This is another way that God's word goes out. Here's something unique about music. And while we should be careful about bad music, but that we should be also careful to take in spiritual song and music. How many guys realize you, you memorize music on accident? Right. It just kind of gets in there as you sing it, you sing it. And it happens to me all the time. Whatever song they sing last at church. If you catch me at home, I walk around singing. This will be the song gets stuck in my head. That's been good and bad for me. I walked in the stores and there was a song playing. and I, It just gets stuck in my head. And I walk out and my wife was like, what are you singing? And I'm like, oh, oh, God. Oh, watch, watch my soap. I've, I've had my kids say, Dad, where's that song from? <laughs> that, that don't sound like that's from church, Dad. <laughs> so, you know, so I got to be careful, you know, about doing that just mindlessly. But music has a way of passing through, passing over the intellect, and it's just a song, and it gets in there. Find you some good worship music. Um, get, you can ask Pastor Anthony if there's there songs here that just minister. Ask him. Ask someone for the words of the songs. At home, let that be the, the atmosphere of the home. Let worship be playing. In the car, let that be the atmosphere of the car. Let worship and song be going forth. Things are going to encourage you in the Lord. There's some, I, I like Christian rap. There are some CDs, there's some, there's some like Christian rap that I like. There's a few guys that, I kid you not, there's a few CDs that I listen to. And I, I feel like after I listen to them, like I have to go witness. Like I can't hear these songs and not go evangelize. I got to get out of my car and go tell somebody. I got to go start a conversation up. So I think that's a good thing. They're stirring up the heart to reach out to evangelize. So 
find you some good Christian music. If you don't have none, come talk to some of us. Uh, if you need Christian rap, I got you. If you want some bomb worship music, talk to Pastor Anthony. Find you some music that's speaking truth about God, and then we can, we can share among ourselves and edify you and glorify God. And so it says again that we're the word of Christ, let it dwell in us richly, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. This should all be out of the overflow of the new man. Just our worship and our praise and our gratitude to the Lord. Last verse, verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And whatever you do, whatever you do in word or deed, Whatever you do, if it's spoken or acted out, whatever you do in word or deed, it says, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus while giving thanks to God the Father through him. So as we wrap this up, a good test for should I be doing this? Should I be doing that is this? Can I do it for the glory of God? Can I do this in the name of the Lord Jesus? Can I do this for the glory of God? Can I expect God's blessing to rest on this. Would you want to be doing this when he comes back? In word or deed. So if there's something that you're saying, would you be saying this? Y'all know Jesus is there anyway, whether you see him or not. But if you could see him here, would you be comfortable saying this? Would you be comfortable doing this? Can you glorify him in this? Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I guess we summarize this whole thing with as a new creation where we used to live for the flesh and we used to do whatever we felt like we wanted to do. Now, the characteristic of the new man is this. God, I want to live a life for your glory. And I care about what I do. I consider what I do. Rather or not, this will glorify you. Rather or not, this will bless you and please you. That should instruct us how to live lives for God's glory. Amen. So while we've taken all this information in about the new man, I got to do two things. I want to pray for us that we would both be hearers and doers. We got to do what we're hearing here. So if you're a believer, I want to pray with you that you would do what you've heard. But also maybe you're here and you're not yet a child of God. You've not yet given your life to the Lord. You haven't stepped into the new life yet. Uh, we want to invite you today. Today can be for you today where you enter into the new life in Christ Jesus, where he forgives you of your sins he becomes your heavenly father. He gives you his Holy Spirit and God begins to put you on a whole new direction for your life, not just in this life, but also in the life to come. And so if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, if you're not confident that you die today, you would go to heaven. If you've been living in rebellion to the Lord, but today you want to come back to him or come to him in the first place. I want to take a moment and pray with you because God loves you. And everything that you need to enter into relationship with Jesus has been accomplished on the cross. You just need to come by faith and receive it now. So would you guys bow your heads and pray with me now? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the amazing love that you have for us and all that you have done, Lord, to see us saved and forgiven and reconciled. God, I pray for every believer here as we've heard a lot about what we're to be putting on as far as the new man. And God, none of us can do it in our own strength, our own flesh, our own might. We need help from you. So God, we ask now that you would help us. Lord, that you would forgive us for our failures past, that you would fill us with your spirit anew and afresh today. Help us to live out what we're learning here, God, that we would do what you've spoken. 
that you might be glorified through our lives, Lord. Help us to be thankful. Help us to be full of your word. Help us to be overflowing in praise, God. Help us to be forgiving and gracious to others. God, may we be everything that you are to us, to others who encounter us. God, just make yourself at home in our hearts. Grow in us, Lord. We ask that you would do it in Jesus' name. We're so glad you've joined us today here on A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. As the Apostle Paul urged the members of the Colossian Church to remember fully that they were saved by the blood of Jesus and that their lives should reflect that. The same goes for you and me. If we have said that we believe in Jesus and what He did for us, then there is a practical side to living out our faith. We have the opportunity to set an example through our obedience to Him. In other words, are you letting God lead you every day? Are you giving up control on how your life should be in your home, in your workplace, in the world? Friends, through this yielding, there will spring a deeper desire for more of Jesus. And our prayer is that your relationship with Him will grow every day. Care to know how? You'll find all the information you need on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Just click on the Know Jesus tab. Here it is again, calvaryinglewood.org. For more personal contact, feel free to call or text us at 310-245-4811. We would love to encourage you more in your daily walk with Jesus. So please, pick up that phone and dial 310-245-4811. A Transforming Word is a ministry from Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, out of Inglewood, California. This concludes the time we have for today, but we're so grateful you took the time to listen to this issue with Pastor Bill. We'll be back again to share with you more on A Transforming Word.